Welcome to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Phillips. Today, we're seeking to define what the kingdom of God is and why it matters. You know, in church life, we use words and say phrases that seem important to us, even if we've never really thought too much about what they actually mean. Today, we're going to look at one of those words that every kingdom citizen should understand and see if we can get a working definition that helps us better understand the scripture, your relationship with God, and your purpose in the world. So let's get into it. And I hope you hear from the Lord, become more established in the faith, and fulfill your full potential as a kingdom citizen. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast today. Guys, we're going to talk about what is the kingdom of God and why does it matter? You know, a lot of times when we hear a message, (laughs) we have to ask that question, Why does this really matter? And for us who aspire to be kingdom citizens, the way we define the kingdom, it really matters for how we live it out as kingdom citizens. You know, I love the Lord's Prayer, and it gives us a great insight into how we're going to shape up and frame our definition of the kingdom of God. You know, it starts off with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's that phrase right there, your kingdom come. I want you to think about this. How many times do you think you've said that phrase in your life, in that prayer or just in casual conversation? How many times have you used the words, the kingdom or referred to it or invoked it, the kingdom of God in your prayers without really pausing to consider what does it actually mean When I say, Lord, let your kingdom come, when I invoke those words and bring it about, what am I actually asking God to do? What am I asking for? What am I praying? Guys, as kingdom citizens and not mere church members or just religious people, we must know what the kingdom of God is. And when we ask, Lord, let your kingdom come, man, we know what we're asking for and what we're talking about. You see, how you define the kingdom of God, it has implications on how we live out our lives as followers of Jesus, as kingdom citizens. You know, when you start working and getting toward that biblical definition, when the demands of the kingdom, when kingdom life comes up against real life right here on earth, the way we define the kingdom of God, it impacts our life right now and it impacts our life in eternity. And it could either happen positively or negatively. And I want to show you a little glimpse of this from Matthew chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Jesus is interacting with a man whose daughter is sick, and he's about to do something that's going to change this man's life, this man's family. It's going to open him up to the kingdom of God. And actually what we see is this man is a Gentile. He's coming from a population base that by the locals was considered outside the kingdom. The kingdom is not for these people, but I want you to hear what Jesus has to say about it. When these outsiders get a biblical definition, they get a unique perspective, God's perspective on the kingdom and what the kingdom is for them. Here's what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter eight, verse 11. Jesus says, I say to you who think that all these are outside of the kingdom. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 
in the kingdom of heaven. They got a new perspective on it. They got a new definition on the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is for them. But look what Jesus says to those who redefine the kingdom for their own agenda, for their own purposes, and lost sight of God's definition for it. We find out that it has negative implications for them right now, and it's going to have negative implications for them in eternity. Look what Jesus has to say in verse 12. He says, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Guys, this is a Jew-Gentile thing. For the leading Israelites, the Hebrews, the children of Abraham, they felt like the kingdom was theirs and they took the liberty to redefine it or create their own perspective on it that excluded so many others and then excluded themselves. Jesus said, the kingdom was intended for you. I wanted it for you. You were gonna help God bring about the kingdom on this earth, but you excluded yourself from it by losing a biblical perspective on what the kingdom of God is. Guys, I'm here to tell you, the way we define the kingdom and having that biblical understanding, it sets us up to hold the keys to the kingdom that unlocks the secrets of the kingdom for us right here. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, he said to Peter, after he made his confession, after he became a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and a subject to the king of all kings, when he said, I believe in you, Jesus, Jesus said, to you, I'm going to give the keys to the kingdom. Then he goes on, back in Matthew chapter 13, he's describing it when the disciples were like, why are you teaching us in parables? He said, it's in my parables that the secrets of the kingdom are revealed to you because you have ears to hear them. Guys, when we understand the kingdom, when we have that biblical definition of it, It's like we're holding keys to the kingdom of God. And those keys unlock secrets of the kingdom to help us live as kingdom citizens in our full potential. Man, I needed one of those keys. I needed some secrets unlocked to me when I was 19 years old on my first mission trip in the country of Haiti. Man, I I was excited to get out there. My, My grandpa... He was on a heart transplant waiting list, and uh, he'd been given a year to live. And I mean, this my grandpa was everything to me at the time. He was my grandpa. He was my father figure. He was my best friend. He was my pastor, my mentor. He taught me everything I knew. And you know, I just knew in the ministry on my first mission trip. And while I'm there, man, I'm out. I'm giving it everything I have. I'm preaching it up. We're winning people to Christ left and right. We're you know distributing food, loving on people. We're preaching it up. And about halfway through that two-week trip, my grandpa died. And when they came to tell me the news, they started packing up my bags, and they were like, hey, your family's holding the funeral for five days. They're waiting to get you back. And I realized in that moment that everything in my life was going to be different. I went outside just to take a moment of solitude and sat behind an old building in this small village. When I thought I was going to be alone, I, I realized I was greeted by a lie of the kingdom of darkness. Guys, it was like a darkness came over me that started spitting this lie. And I don't know why this lie was so important, but here's what the lie came to me. It was, you're done. You're not going to be able to live for God. You're not going to be able to withstand temptation. You're never going to preach again. You're not going to amount to anything. Your grandpa, your hero is dead and you are done. And I started to believe that lie. And a key 
to the kingdom was revealed to me right in the midst of that lie that was being spewed at me. And that's when I realized this. In this world, we will have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. That key to the kingdom unlocked a secret in me that said, I'm facing trouble right now, but he who is in me is greater than the one who is in this world, running the kingdoms of this world, spewing this lie out at me right now. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe on truth rather than this lie. I'm going to tap in to that secret of the kingdom and use that key to unlock my full potential as a kingdom citizen. And I got up from behind that building, went out to the riverbank, got up as much courage as I had and wiped the tears out of my eyes. And I started preaching the gospel to all that were gathered around there at the riverbank. And guess what? Many people came and they knelt down with us right there in the dirt. As people said, I see my great need for Jesus and I want to follow him. Man, we did it once. We did it twice. We did it three times and more and more people kept responding to the gospels. We gave the invitation. And that day I realized that my faith is not dependent on anyone except the king of all kings. Guys, I want you to know the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I want you to have ears to hear those secrets that unlock all these doors, not just for you, but for others that God's going to use you and send you out in a rescue mission with the keys of the kingdom and revealing the secrets of the kingdom of heaven for those who have ears to hear them. Guys, When you want to get this definition of the kingdom, I want you to know Jesus is all about the kingdom. Listen, let's just look at it. He announced it, number one, right, in his public ministry. The second thing, his teachings showed us how to enter the kingdom. That's real important. The third thing we see is his mighty works, all the stories we have of his miracles, of his healing, of his delivering work. These mighty works proved that the kingdom had come upon mankind. We see all the parables of Jesus. Well, that's the fourth thing he does. His parables illustrate to his disciples what the kingdom of God is. And the fifth thing, he promised to come again and bring the fullness of kingdom blessings to this earth and to those who are citizens of the kingdom. Now, if we just look at the scriptures and we're like, wow, I see so many different perspectives on what the kingdom of God is, I'm a little confused. Well, listen, it's tripped a lot of people up over the years. I I wish it was cut and dry. I wish I could take you to one chapter and one verse that just said, bam, here's a universal definition of the kingdom. But if we take you to that verse, we're going to see a a, a seeming contradiction. We're going to see something that presents a different perspective. And here's why I think that is. In the makeup of scripture, we have God revealing to us what the kingdom of God is in trying to describe the indescribable. And what makes the kingdom so difficult to define is how different it's presented in the Bible. Let me give you a few of those contrasts. It's presented as a spiritual reality, a present spiritual reality, and a future inheritance. It's also presented as a present realm, a place, in which the followers of Jesus have entered into it now, but it also represents at the same time a future realm which we must enter later when Christ returns. Well, it goes on and starts to describe the indescribable. Jesus teaches that the kingdom is in the midst of humanity now. In Luke chapter 17, verse 21 and 22, he actually says the kingdom of God is 
in you now. But he also describes it as it's not of this world. Right? A contrast to describe the indescribable. So we understand the nature of the kingdom of God is now and it's not yet. Let me draw that out for you a bit. The blessings of the kingdom of God, everything that he wants for you and me as kingdom citizens, there is a blessing that is bestowed upon us right now in this present reality. But there's also the fullness of that gift that is to be bestowed in the future. It is to be received and experienced now, but in part. And received and experienced in all of his all of its fullness in a time that is to come. So as kingdom citizens, we need a working definition that we can get our hands around and live with now that helps us to understand who we are in the kingdom of God, to understand who God is as the king of the kingdom of heaven, and understand who we are to be as kingdom ambassadors, taking those keys and unleashing those secrets as we're rescuing men and women from the kingdom of darkness. So let's get down right now to a working definition. As kingdom citizens, we need to have that working definition so that we have an answer for the greatest and the longest standing question that has been asked. And that question is this. I want you to really hear this now. I'm going to slow down a second. That question that we need to have an answer for with a good kingdom definition It's the greatest question. It's been asked before the garden. And it's the question, who has the right to rule? This question was asked in the heavenly realms by Lucifer right before his rebellion when he said, who has the right to rule? And Lucifer said, I want to usurp that right. And launched his rebellion that was thwarted by God and cast him and a third of the angels that rebelled with him out of the presence of God. Now, it keeps on going because the question was asked again in the garden when Adam and Eve faced before that forbidden fruit, being tempted by the tempter, finally got into their heart, into their own emotion, into their own desire, and their untested innocence was postured with that question, who really has the right to rule over this life? And throughout history, when the demands of the kingdom, when the demands of the life of God come upon our lives, It forces us out of our own depravity and our sin and our desire to be faced with this question that we throw up in the face of God, who really has the right to rule this life? And I wonder how you've been answering this question. I wonder how many times that question has risen up to the doorstep of your heart, to the front of your mind and right on the tip of your tongue, and how many times in some way or some other way you've used different words and different attitudes to express it, but it really comes down to that ancient question, God, who really has the right to rule this life? For me, I was 12 years old. And that's so beautiful about the kingdom, right? Because remember what Jesus said about the kingdom. Unless you come as a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of God. It happened to me when I was 12 years old. Not at 40, not at 48, at 12. The demands of the kingdom of God came up on my life. I understood them. They were real. It was apparent. But that question came out. As I was wrestling with what am I going to do with this knocking on the door of my heart, 
I kept wrestling with, I want to rule this life. I want to be the boss. I want to set the direction. I want to have the agenda. I want to live for me. But by God's grace, his truth, it penetrated my hardened heart. It got down and into the inside of me, and I realized, you know what? Jesus, and only Jesus, has the right to rule this life. And I opened up and said, Jesus, you be the boss. You be king. You be master. Listen, has that happened in your life? I mean, really? You may be going to church. You may be listening to a religious podcast. But have you settled the answer to that question, who has the right to rule your life? Now, I want to give you a working definition. I want you to know what the kingdom of God is. And it's going to help you when you're looking into scriptures, when you're studying, and when you're trying to answer that question, who has the right to rule and keep ruling my life, my family, my possessions, my everything. So here's a good working definition for you. Here's how I love to define the kingdom of God, and I hope it helps you in your pursuit of being a kingdom citizen. Here it is. The kingdom of God is God's right to rule in action, manifesting itself in a present and future realm, a kingdom where people may enter into it and enjoy the blessings of his rule over their lives now in this age and experience the fullness of his reign in the age to come. Now let's look at that definition and some of its aspects just for a second. It says the kingdom of God is his right to rule. Listen, when we ask that question, who has the right to rule? God has, and he has always had the right to rule this universe and every life in it as our creator, as our sustainer, the giver of life, breath, and all things. It is present and it is future. Listen, this kingdom, you're right. It's something people may enter into, but it's also something that people will be excluded from if they don't come through the king. And the kingdom of God is to enjoy the blessings of his rule. Listen, when you think about God ruling over your life, you may think of it as tyranny. But in the kingdom of God, with the benevolent king, the lover of all men, the creator of our souls, ruling over our lives, it is the blessing of his rule that gives life, love, peace, joy, all the things that our hearts long for, properly submitted and yielded to the king. So why is having this working definition important for us? Listen, it's going to help us know how to appropriately apply the promises of God in the Bible for us. Listen, we don't want to be grabbing at straws. We don't want to be leaning on promises that were never intended for us and and applicable to us right now. Man, I want to know when I'm claiming a promise of God, Man, I know it's for me. It's intended for use. It's available to me right now, not later, not in the future, and I'm just grabbing at straws. So having that definition, I have a great confidence what I'm depending on, what I'm claiming as a promise for me is real, and it's intended now. And guys, my desire is for you to have that working definition that as you get into the scripture, as you're hearing messages, as you're seeking to really live out that kingdom citizenship, you're going to have a better understanding of the gospel and the message of hope that we're proclaiming to others. I want you to know that we're not just inviting people to have their sin forgiven and to get out of hell. We're inviting them 
into the kingdom of God, into the life of God now and forever. Kingdom citizens, let this working definition be ever present in your life, driving you forward as you pursue living out your full potential as a kingdom citizen. Guys, there's nothing better than studying the kingdom of God. Here's what I believe. The better you understand the kingdom, the more you will understand the heart of God. The more clearly you see the kingdom, the more clarity you will have about your life's purpose right here on the earth. And the way you interpret the kingdom is the way you interpret the promises of God for your life and for others. These things really matter for us as kingdom citizens. So take this working definition, write it down, put it on a post-it note in your Bible, and let it be a filter for how you develop your understanding of the kingdom and live as a kingdom citizen. If you haven't yet, follow the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, rate us and write a review. Love to hear what God's doing in your life episode by episode. Let's keep the conversation going on Instagram and share this podcast with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now, kingdom citizens, go and be in it, but not of it.